word this morning. I am so very grateful that you've chosen to come out and to be a part of our worship service. I can't think of any other place that I would want to be in the world except right here, right now. We are given a great privilege of being able to join with other believers of like faith and like mind and take a few moments out of our week and just worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Indeed, He is worthy of our worship. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so we have the privilege of being able to gather in His house and worship Him this morning. And we want to come around God's Word together, so I would ask this morning that you open your Bibles to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, you'll want to find your place there. That is where we are in our study in the Gospel of John. We've been walking through this great Gospel on Sunday morning, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, throughout the entire book, just wanting to get to know Jesus, and we want to believe and live. That was John's challenge to his readers. He wanted them to understand who Jesus Christ was, and as a result of understanding who Jesus Christ was, that they might believe on Him and experience abundant life. Life unlike any life that this world has to offer. Jesus Christ wants us to experience life to the fullest. If you found your place there, John chapter 11, in just a few moments, we are going to begin reading in verse 17. But if you noticed in your messenger this morning, I've entitled this sermon, Overcoming Grief Through Faith. Overcoming Grief Through Faith. Some of you may have heard of a man named George Bernard Shaw. George Bernard Shaw said, The statistics on death are quite amazing. One out of one people die. And you know what? That is very true. Everyone is going to die. And because of that, I am convinced at some point in time in this world, every one of us will experience grief, loss, hurt, pain. There is no way to avoid it if we live long enough. So thinking in terms of the statistics that George Bernard Shaw shared with us, one out of one people die. How should we handle grief as followers of Jesus Christ? When we experience loss, pain, death, how should we respond to it? Does God's Word provide the answer to that question? I would tell you this morning that God's Word does provide the answer to that question, and the manner in which we grieve should look a lot different than the way 
the world grieves. Not in the sense of emotion. Surely when we lose someone that we love and care about, someone that has had an impact on our life, someone that we have developed a relationship with, sometimes just watching other people mourn cause us to grieve. I've experienced that in my own life as a pastor. But what's most important is this. How should our grieving look different than that of the world's grieving? Well, Paul provides the answer to that question for us. The difference between the way we grieve as God's people is we grieve not without hope. We grieve with hope because we grieve in Jesus Christ, trusting that what Jesus Christ has told us in His Word will come true trusting that Jesus Christ is who He said He was and that He will do everything that He said He will do. Overcoming grief through faith. Grief is one of the most challenging aspects of life that we will face, but I will tell you, none of our lives are immune to it. So in our story this morning, Jesus Christ is going to provide some lessons for us about how to overcome grief through faith. Now, if you were with us a couple of weeks ago, we began to look at chapter 11 of the Gospel of John. It is a pivotal chapter in John's Gospel for several reasons. First, it has one of the seven signs that Jesus Christ would perform. A sign is a miracle that points to something greater than itself. Through every sign that Jesus Christ performed, he was wanting to teach something very significant about who he was. So here's this sign, Jesus Christ calls Lazarus back from the dead. And through that sign, Jesus Christ wanted people to understand, I am the one who has power over death. That's what Jesus Christ wanted to understand. It also has one of the great or the seven great I am statements Jesus Christ is going to announce in this passage to Mary and Martha. It's going to announce, I am the resurrection and the life. But you know what I like about chapter 11 most of all? In chapter 11 of the Gospel of John, we get to see up close and personal the humanity of Jesus Christ. It records for us the shortest verse of Scripture in the Bible. I see many of you shaking your heads. You know exactly. There's no other verse that we've ever memorized from the Bible. This is the one. We may not be able to recall exactly where it's found, but we, re- we, we remember this one. Jesus wept. When he finds himself at the tomb of his dear friend, Lazarus, and he has seen the hurt, the pain, the loss of Mary and Martha, it grieves Jesus to his very soul. And he weeps. That's powerful, isn't it? I mean, think about this for a moment. Jesus Christ is not just God. Jesus Christ 
is also man. 100% God, 100% man in the person of Jesus Christ. Don't ask me to explain it. There is no analogy that can ever answer all of the questions. We accept it by faith as being a fact that is recorded for us in Scripture. But Jesus Christ can relate to us in our grief, in our hurt, in our pain, in our loss, because He Himself has experienced everything that we've experienced in this world. So whatever it is that you're going through this morning, whatever situation you find yourself in, whatever hurt you may have in your life, whatever pain it is that you are feeling, whatever loss you have, have experienced, whatever grief you are going through, I want you to know there is a real living Savior who can sympathize, actually empathize with you in what you are going through today. You don't have to grieve alone. That is the reason why we do not grieve without hope. We are a people that grieve with hope because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's read this text together. It is a remarkable conversation between uh, Martha and Jesus Christ. It says, Now when Jesus Christ came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. If you were with us a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the beginning of this story. Let me give you a little bit of the context. Jesus Christ received word. Martha and Mary sent someone to Jesus Christ telling him that his dear friend Lazarus had fallen ill. Now you would think upon hearing those words, Jesus Christ would have got on his giddy-up and he would have went back to Bethany to be there with Martha and Lazarus and Mary. But that is not what Jesus Christ does. Actually, Scripture tells us Jesus Christ tarried. He remained exactly where he was. For four days he remains where he was. Isn't that crazy? And then, all of a sudden, Jesus Christ returns. But before he does, he lets it be known to his disciples that this illness of Lazarus would not end in death. But it would be for the glory of God. So Jesus Christ has returned to Bethany. Verse 18, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give to you. Jesus said to her, your, father w- I mean, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. This was a doctrine that the Jewish people believed, that those who died in Israel, those who had trusted in the Lord God, that one day they would be raised back to life. We see this also in the New Testament. This is a doctrine, one of our core doctrines, uh, foundational doctrines that we hold to as followers of Jesus Christ, that all of those who have died in Christ one day will be raised to life again. Hallelujah. 
Amen. We will receive a resurrected body. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Jesus Christ, in this story, in this remarkable conversation between he and Martha, uh, teach us some important lessons about overcoming grief through faith. Let me share with you this morning those lessons in this story. Number one, first, faith takes overwhelming situations to the Lord. Let me say it again. If you're writing it down, faith takes overwhelming situations to the Lord. That was surely true in the life of Martha. The setting of this miracle presents us with some of the most challenging circumstances. And right in the middle of those circumstances, we find Jesus Christ and Lazarus' two sisters, Martha and Mary. Lazarus is dead, and his body has been placed in the grave. As a matter of fact, John records the fact that his body has been there for four days. By that time, the body has begun to decompose. There was no human solution that could change the circumstances that these two sisters found themselves. Now, earlier when I read this story, this narrative that John records for us, did you notice the difference between how Mary and Martha chose to respond to the loss of the brother? In the story, Mary chooses to sit at home and be consoled by her friends. But that's not what Martha did. When Martha hears that Jesus Christ has returned to Bethany and she is on her way home, I mean on the way to their home, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. Martha went to the one person that could make sense of her situation. She sought out Jesus Christ. In faith, Martha took her situation to the one person who could make a difference. She sought Jesus Christ and she found Him. Do you see that here in this story? Rather than sitting at home, when Martha hears that Jesus Christ has returned, she believes in her heart He is the one that can provide the solution to her problem. Now I want you to think about that this morning. If Jesus Christ could handle Martha's situation, the death of a brother, and raise him back to life, I am convinced, no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in in our lives today, Jesus Christ can come to our aid and work 
according to his sovereign purposes. You see, faith takes overwhelming circumstances to the Lord, trusting that he will work in his perfect way. And that's exactly what Martha did. Share a little testimony with you this morning about me. I can't say that you're like me, but I do know somewhat of the human condition of the heart. So often what I find myself doing when I find myself in the midst of a challenged situation, I try to figure out in my own know-how, in my own power, how I can take that situation and make it work to the good. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of challenging circumstances, there's like a small, still voice in my, inside my spirit that speaks up and says, what about Jesus Christ? Have you thought about taking your situation to Jesus Christ? Folks, I am convinced if Jesus Christ has the power to raise someone back to life, there is nothing that we face in this world that He cannot deal with, that He cannot come to our aid with at the time that we need Him. I don't know all that's going on in your life, but I tell you what, there is a Savior in heaven who knows everything that is going on in your life. And whatever challenging situation you find yourself in this morning, if you will only by faith look to Jesus Christ, carry your situation to Him, He will come to your aid. He will provide the solution to the problem that you're facing in life. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see how Martha chose to respond to Jesus Christ in this story? She chose to look to Jesus Christ for the solution to our problem or her problem. Let me say this this morning. Jesus Christ is the great problem solver of this world. If you're hurting this morning, if you're grieving over loss in your life, if you're experiencing pain because of some kind of situation that you are facing, I would encourage you today to bring it to the feet of Jesus Christ and leave it there. He's big enough to bear your burden. Let me say, he has the biggest shoulders in the world. You see what I'm saying? So the first lesson that we learn in this story is faith takes overwhelming situations to the Lord. Number two, faith trusts that God is in control of all circumstances. Let me say it one more time. Because I see heads going like this, but I wonder if the reality of what I just said has sunk in. Faith, trust that God is in control of all circumstances. When my child becomes sick with some incurable kind of disease, I trust that God is in control of all circumstances. When God allows my spouse to be cut down in the prime of their life, I trust that God is in control of all circumstances. You see, this is what I've realized. When we face good 
circumstances, situations in life, we have no problem going to the Lord and praising him for the blessings that he is pouring out on our lives. But let me ask you a question this morning, believer. When is the last time you praise God for the blessing of tragedy in your life? Do you see what I'm saying? That's something totally different, right? Is God truly in control of all circumstances? Well, listen to what Martha says in verse 21 and 22. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give to you. There's a lot of debate by scholars about those two verses of Scripture. Is Martha complaining to Jesus for his failure to be present in time of family need? I mean, after all, Jesus Christ did tarry for four days. What's up with Jesus? Doesn't he care about Martha, Mary, and Lazarus? Surely by his actions we would question that, right? Well, he doesn't love them. If he loved them, he would have went back to be with them. He would have just spoken the words and he would have healed Lazarus. Why wait, Jesus? But other scholars say, no, no, that's not what's happening here. Actually, she's expressing great faith with her response to Jesus. I believe... It's the second one, that Martha is expressing great faith. There is no doubt Martha had faith that Jesus could have healed her brother if he had only been there. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what she acknowledges in her response to Jesus Christ, isn't it? Jesus, if you had only been here, the circumstances would have changed. But I would say, when we take a closer look at her response, we can see it is also mingled with unbelief. It's there. Martha's comments to Jesus Christ reflect a failure on her part to recognize that it was God who was directing the steps of Jesus Christ. I mean, think about it for a moment, folks. Why else would Jesus not have been there unless he was otherwise directed by the Heavenly Father to do something different. It was God who was in control of the circumstances. Jesus made that very clear at the very opening verses of this story when he said, I will tell you right now, this will not end in death. It is all for the glory of my Father in heaven. God is the one directing this tragedy in their life. Do we really believe that? That's what the Word of God teaches I mean, think about this. Job's life is a perfect example of this, isn't it? 
Job receives word he has lost everything. All of his children have died in a freak accident. Job falls to his knees. He worships God. He says, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. God, you have the right to be sovereign over the circumstances of my life, whether they are good or bad. You have that right. Do we truly believe that though? When our lives are visited by tragedy, are we willing to acknowledge to God, God, you are sovereign. This is under your control. I will trust you as I walk through it. But do you see what I often notice about followers of Jesus Christ when they experience tragedy in life? That is not how they respond. They withdraw. Have you ever noticed that? They lock themselves away in their home. I'm not saying they don't have faith, but what I will tell you is this, it's mingled with unbelief. Do you see? You understand? That was Martha's problem in this story. Faith trusts that God is in control of all circumstances. Martha failed to see God at work through the circumstances surrounding her brother's death. And I wonder if times we are not like Martha. If we are going to overcome grief by faith, it will only happen as we trust that God is in control of all circumstances. Now let me pause here. Because I don't want you to leave here and say, well, a preacher said that God causes all circumstances, bad and good, to happen in my life. That is not what I'm saying. I will say this, God permits tragedy to come into our lives, just like he did in the life of Job. Do you know why he does that? Job needed to learn some truths about who God was. He needed to understand that God's glory and His purposes were far greater than any suffering He would experience in life. Do you see that? Isn't that good? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying, folks, I don't want you to leave here and say, well, I preach He's got... No, I don't. I'm just saying, listen, this is a challenging area for us, isn't it? Isn't that true? Sure, it's okay to acknowledge that. When we acknowledge it, we can cry out to the Lord for help. Number three, faith trust in the promises of God concerning eternity. Man, that is a great one, isn't it? Faith trust in the promises of God concerning eternity. Now listen here, verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he will die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe? Do you believe this, Martha? This is one of the great I am statements. Jesus Christ makes seven of them, as I referred to earlier in the Gospel of John. Now, I want you not to miss what it is that Jesus Christ is saying here because Jesus doesn't say that he gives resurrection in life. Jesus Christ says, I am the resurrection in life. 
through that statement, Jesus Christ is communicating to Martha a very important truth about Himself. When Jesus Christ makes this statement, He is saying, Martha, look at me. It is God in the human flesh standing before your very eyes. Martha, there is nothing that is too big, too hard, impossible for me. I am God. I can even raise the dead back to life. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. Isn't that right? Isn't that wonderful? The Savior we serve can bring the dead back to life. I am the resurrection and the life. Now here's the takeaway from this lesson. Faith that overcomes life trials focuses on the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Believers understand through faith in Christ, we too will overcome death, hell, and the grave. And I will tell you this, when we understand that, when we grasp that truth, death no longer has any hold over you and I. It is no longer painful in our life because Jesus Christ is the controller of life and death. He defeated death, hell, and the grave when He rose from the grave. Hallelujah. You see what I'm saying? He defeated it. We have no reason to fear. Man, that's so good. Now listen to me carefully, believer, or person. It's not enough to have a vague, general faith in Christ. You need to know Him as He is revealed in all of God's Word. It is that kind of faith that will sustain you in a time of trial. Faith, trust in the promises of God concerning eternity. I am the resurrection and the life. Number four, faith will always lead us to the right conclusion concerning Jesus Christ. I want you to listen to verse 47. This is one of the great verses found anywhere in the Bible. Martha looks at Jesus and she says to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Perhaps nowhere in the Word of God do we have a more complete confession made by any person concerning Jesus Christ than those words right there recorded by John that Martha spoke about Jesus Christ? Did you hear what she said? She said, Jesus, you indeed are Lord. In the midst of her grief, Martha acknowledged Jesus' Lordship. His right to be in control of her situation. Now let me ask you something. Have you ever gotten on your knees before the Lord Jesus Christ and just taken your situation to Him and said to Him, Lord, this is yours. You are in control. You are Lord over this situation. I'm going to leave it at your throne today. Have you ever done that? That's exactly what Martha did. You are Lord. 
She announces He is Christ. This title means Messiah, the Anointed One. With that title, Martha is acknowledging that Jesus is the Savior of the world, that He is the resurrection and the life, and that salvation is found in no other person except for Him. In that one statement, you are the Christ. Folks, let me just say something. Please hear me. I know what the world says, but I will tell you from the bottom of my heart, there is no other way to be saved except by the name of Jesus Christ. I plead with you, please look to Jesus Christ for salvation, not the things of the world. The things of the world will send you to hell. Jesus Christ will give you eternal life. Look to Him. He is the answer. He is the answer. Number three, she finishes by referring to Jesus Christ as the Son of God. This title depicts a unique oneness that the Son, Jesus Christ, has with the Father. A relationship unlike anyone else's relationship with the Father. All right. Let's wrap it all up. I want you to listen to me carefully as I read this last paragraph. Just grab a hold of this, all right? In time of grief, I would encourage you to come back to what you know to be true. That Jesus Christ is Lord. He is in control no matter how out of control a situation may seem. Jesus is Messiah. He indeed is the Savior of the world and you can trust Him with your eternity. And He is the Son of God, the eternal Word of God in human flesh who died for your sins and was raised from the dead. If you will camp out on those truths, you can overcome whatever difficulty you will face in life, whether it be in the future or in the present. You can do it. If you will camp out on those truths. That's what Martha did. She confessed her faith in Jesus Christ. She looked to Him. Jesus, You are Lord. Jesus, You are Christ. Jesus, you are the Son of the living God. Jesus, that is who you are. And the question we must ask ourselves today, have we, like Martha, confessed our faith in Jesus Christ? Father God, we thank you for the truth of your word and the way the truth of your word speaks into our hearts and our lives. Father, this is such a great portion of Scripture, and I know, Lord, that I've not done justice to it in the time that we've had together. But, Lord, I know that you're an all-powerful God, and you can use it to speak into the hearts and the lives of people. So, Father, I pray that you would use your word to bring about conviction where conviction needs to be. That you'd be very clear to us, Lord, about the areas of our life that need to change. Father, keep us mindful of the fact 
we can overcome grief through faith in Jesus Christ. Our hope is not in this world, Lord. It is in you. That you've done exactly what you said you would do and you are who you said you were. You work during our time of invitation to your honor and to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.